everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Open World. How are you today? Hi, everyone. Well, today we have a very special guest with us, a personal friend of mine. We have Miki Gao, who is the production coordinator at the brand new studio Deviation Games. Miki, thank you so much for joining us today. And I want to jump right into the questions. Now, I know that your formation is quite interesting. So I want you to share a little bit about that with us. But Keeping that in mind, I want to know how was it that you find your way in the video game industry and if it was something that you always wanted to do, can you, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I took the scenic route, very, very scenic, uh, sort of tail. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I actually kind of um, stumbled into the gaming industry, but kind of sort of intentionally stumbled into the gaming industry. Uh, so uh, yeah, so my background is actually, it, it's, it's everywhere. So I studied English and theology in undergrad. Um, and during that time, I worked in hotels, I worked in retail, I worked at Disneyland. Um, when I graduated, nice. I worked in real estate. Um, and then I got a job in higher education. So I was working at a university. So then while I was at the university, I um, decided to go to grad school and study business and kind of marry that with my English degree a little bit more to, because it's like, I don't think people know how to hire people who are English and theology majors, because it's like, what are you supposed to do, right? Like, I wasn't going to teach. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and so I was just like, well business and English, they, they go pretty well together, right? And so right. I studied business and yeah. I picked up a, uh, I graduated last December with master's in management. Um, and I picked up a marketing certificate in, um, oh yeah, marketing strategy. So I, uh, I did all of that. And then while I was getting ready to graduate from grad school, I started looking into, you know, kind of just started thinking about like what I wanted to get into, um, and I thought I'd love to be in gaming, but that's easier said than done. Cause what everybody says is to get into the gaming industry, you need to be in the gaming industry. So right. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really know where to start. So that's correct. Um, you know, and then like with kind of my background, I kind of, I kept thinking that like, I'm at a disadvantage. I like, you know, like I've, like my uh, experience is just so general and it's been everywhere. So how am I going to like leverage this? How, you know, how can I like figure this out so that I can actually like go into something that I enjoy rather than just something that pays the bills, but like sucks my soul dry. Um, <laughs> so I started to make connections on LinkedIn, just kind of reached out to people, asked them, you know, if I could have 20 minutes of their time to ask about their careers, uh, ask about their industry, ask about their jobs. Um, and then, you know, I attended some events to try to meet people um, and learn from them. And then that actually kind of like accidentally led me to this job because well, I reached out to the right person. From what I heard, like that's how you actually met with Alexis, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, uh, <laughs> we attended like the same um networking event i guess uh yeah game global, global. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. 2021 march edition yeah yeah so that's amazing yeah and i think like that's a great advice for people in general like um we usually don't know how to enter this industry and that since the pandemic hit we don't have the in-person event so i think it's a great advice to um take from from Mickey to to reach out to people that you think 
are yes. on the right path or have accomplished what you're looking for to accomplish within your professional life and reach out to them over LinkedIn and say, hey, um, I have this goal uh, within my career. Would you have like five, 10, 20 minutes? Like people are very generous. Um, so don't be afraid to knock on, on doors out there and get your foot on the door. But yeah, like since uh, we're all about games and uh, personal stories, we would love to, to know what games hooked you into the gaming industry. And if there's anyone in any any game in particular that you remember playing when you were a kid. Yeah, um, so I kind of grew up on like the Pokemon games as a kid and the Game Boy, <laughs> so I'm totally dating myself at this point. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I um, I think my first i don't know if you would consider the, the the gray brick game boy a console but like i uh i had gotten that from my cousin in hong kong like when i was in elementary school and i had like really good grades so he like rewarded me by giving me like my old <laughs> game boy so like yeah. i had some like oh, but that's all so cool right yeah so like he sent me like his game boy and like a bunch of games and um most of the games were in English, I had a few that were in Chinese that I, I I actually couldn't read, so I was just like, so my mom and I would play together. So, um, yeah, so mostly the the Pokemon games were kind of what I grew up on, uh, first and second gen primarily, because then I, you know, things got crazy and I got started college, and then I don't even yeah. know how many Pokemon there are anymore. I'm with you there. <laughs> I, mean, I, I remember the first 151 the right, one, uh, yeah. them, of them, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, how school, life happened. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, in Adulthood high school. Happened. In high school, I started getting into JRPGs a little bit more. So I actually kind of uh -huh. randomly found one. There's one called Lunar Silver Star Story Complete for PlayStation. It's a remake of like a Sega CD version, which had several remakes after that. Um, and that was like, it was kind of like. I don't know that many people knew about it, but it was actually like something that I like. I really loved that story. It was just like, you know, loved the, the characters, the epic story. It was like divine war, love, sacrifice, everything that's like makes a good story. So it was great. Uh -huh. uh, they they do have a they have a they have it on iPhone actually, but they use the PSP's versions voices, mm -hmm. which throws me off completely because they use the graphics for from PlayStation. Uh, but they use the PSP's uh, voice acting instead. So I'm just like, this doesn't make sense. It cannot compute. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? Why? What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it throws me off a lot. And like the voice acting uh, throws me off in, in, in the PSP version just because I'm so used to it. And, so, and I so love the PlayStation 1 version. So hashtag bad casting, pretty much. <laughs> no, I mean, I think what? if I didn't play the like the playstation one version i'd be fine with the voice mm -hmm. acting for the psp version but uh, it's just because uh, i you know grew up with this one you yeah, were exposed to that one. yeah 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 i can't help it, it. i was ruined for any other one yeah and are you playing any games at the moment do you have time to play games <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm uh, i'm currently playing genshin impact um and final oh, fantasy cool. 6 um, I don't, I also don't really stop playing Final Fantasy 15. Like Alexis has heard me go on. He's read my dissertations on this, uh, yes. on this game. Uh, There's I'm a on, blog. Like, There's yes. a blog about it. 
I'm on my third playthrough because I need to get Gladio that last cup of noodle recipe, right? So like, <laughs> yeah. it's important. Oh, wow. The important things. The important things. <laughs> well, uh, can uh, you share a bit about your blog? Because our, our audience may not know. Uh, and uh, we're going to go in a bit uh, in the uh, next question in more depth about your writing skills and, and your writing career. But um it would be nice to, to know about the blog as well. Yeah, so I actually haven't been updating that quite as much in the last few years, largely because grad school kind of took over. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, um, mm -hmm. I had started oh, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had started one a while back that was kind of just like, um, kind of about storytelling, kind of like my experience with storytelling and stumbling into things and just kind of like things that I had picked up just from like, whatever medium I was, you know, watching either games, uh, movies, shows, whatever. And then I would just kind of like talk about kind of some of the story elements in, in these. Um, mm -hmm. So um, some of them are a little ranty because <laughs> a lot of times I'm just like, okay, like the storytelling here was like bad, right? So and then I'll do the kind of a rant on that. <laughs> and then like, when it comes to Final Fantasy 15, I think I it, like, I found that like the game was very misunderstood in a lot of ways. Cause I think, um, I think a lot of the storytelling elements are very like it's kind of like an eastern style of storytelling which requires like the the audience and like the receiver to be active so um mm -hmm. so with like with a lot of like uh, at least like with chinese culture um you know there's there's like high context culture which is kind of more chinese and then low context culture which is more american right and so high context cultures will be like you know, here's like the rough skeleton of what I want to communicate with you, but I won't be blunt about it because that's disrespectful to you. Um, Cause it basically communicates, like if I spell it out for you, it means I think that you're too stupid to understand. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I think, in, I think uh, a lot of uh, Eastern media kind of takes on that as well. So there's a lot of like, here's the broad general idea, but here's like, I want you to go find all of like, you know, piece it together. Right. So there's a lot of the um, a lot of the details are in what wasn't said um, and, you know, what you pick up from the NPCs, what you find from the ruins and mm -hmm. all of these things, right? You kind of put them all together to understand the plot and to understand what the story is trying to say. So, um, so I kind of like a lot of my Final Fantasy 15 entries were about that, like just kind of like, here's what you can pick up if you pay attention here, you know? Um, you know, and, and, and I think like, because uh, like low context audience would be, you know, you, you spell it out. <laughs> like if it's important, mm -hmm. you're blunt about it and, you know, you're straightforward about it. And, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and neither one is wrong. You just kind of have to like figure out what the storyteller is, is coming from where the storyteller is coming from. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, well, uh, if, if there are any final fantasy fans uh, tuning in right now, uh, we're going to leave the, the link of the blog in the comments, if that's okay, Mickey, so that they can uh, know what you've been writing about. Yeah, I mean, talking about with Mickey about Final Fantasy 15 in particular, because I was one of those people that weren't so understanding with the game. I finished it, but I didn't quite get it. But I picked it up again, and I'm going through a second yes, playthrough. It's my fault. Nice. <laughs> it's your fault that I picked it up again. Great <laughs> win, Mickey. <laughs> now, we, apart from your blog, where you rant and you talk about the things that you like in gaming and stuff, you are working on your first book, right? I know that it's a Chinese high fantasy novel. 
but what can you tell us about it? And also, I would like to know afterwards, what similarities exist between writing a book and video game storytelling? I think that you can tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so the uh, what I'm working on right now is it's kind of like an adventure, like Chinese high fantasy with like wuxia and xianxia uh, elements. So it's kind of just like the, um, you know, it's it's like crouching tiger, hidden dragon, uh, but like with more fantasy elements and like magic and basically just using your chi to do like really amazing things. Um, so um, you can see kind of like various... Um, like uh, examples of that would be like, um, um, like I said, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but like also um, the Condor Heroes, which was like one of my favorite stories growing up. I used to watch the Hong Kong TVB 1983 version on VHS with my, uh, <laughs> with my grandfather, really dating myself now, but like in my childhood, whenever <laughs> my grandfather came to visit from Hong Kong, um, that was basically what we watched was Condor Heroes, uh, the A-Team, and American game shows. So um, <laughs> we spent a lot of time watching Condor Heroes and I think that kind of just inspired a lot of um, just my um, interaction with my imagination and just being able to see like all of these like martial artists do super cool things like fly through bamboo forest, you know, and like leap tall buildings in a single bound, you know, um, just by by using the chi around them. So, was, uh, so that's kind of what I'm writing. Um, and I do want to clarify for uh, everyone that I'm not a writer for games, but I and I'm and I'm also still learning when it comes to you know writing a novel. But um, I do sit with the writing team uh, and in the writers' room. So I some of the similarities that I've observed, at least, um, like at the most base level, you need conflict um, in your story, or else there's no forward movement. Like if if your characters get everything they want story over you're done you know there's no game right there's yeah. no story there's there's nothing moving there's them nothing. forward. Right? no challenge yeah yeah so you kind of have to figure out like what do these people want and how do I like stop them from getting it right um but at the same yeah. time you also kind of have to pace it properly otherwise like you lose your audience for various reasons um because like if you're too much into like their thought then it's just like it just becomes kind of like a drag um, but if it's just like too right. much action, too much going against them, then like that's also kind of like exhausting, right? So yeah, you kind of have to like, frustrating. yeah, <laughs> you have to ratchet up like slowly. And like, mm -hmm. so there needs to be kind of a balance between the plot, which is the action and the story, which is the emotion. So you kind of have to have them play against each other and balance them out so that like, you know, the audience, audience. will like have the high action and then and like, um, and experience like all of the things that are happening. And then you pause and have some introspection and then, you know, just kind of play them off of each other. Nice. And regarding the book, how far along uh, are you with, with the content or in what stage are you? Um, so I am still in first draft stage, uh, which you know, I have license to be terrible in this draft because I'm still teaching, like telling myself the story. Um, I am about somewhere in chapter 15, uh, which is still, you know, kind of like first act kind of a thing. Um, my characters had all just met each other. Uh, there's a lot of banter. There's a lot of, um, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, antagonizing each other. Uh, it's great. Like I, and you know, um, I think especially like for me, I want to be able to interact with my culture through um, 
just through the narrative um, and being able to kind of like, you know, really be able to see, uh, you know, I, like for me, I feel like there's healing and learning that can be done in fiction, um, which, you know, a lot of people will go to like nonfiction, self-help, all of these kind of books for learning, but like fiction teaches you so much. Um, and I think a lot of it is because like you don't have the barriers and the defenses up as much as you would like kind of something like a self-help, like a nonfiction book. Um, so your defenses are kind of down. And so it kind of teaches you a lesson like sneak attack style um, that you kind of otherwise wouldn't know. Right. And so um, I like to kind of like, you know, I want people to be seen. I want, you know, um, people who look like me to have like heroes that they can look up to, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's like, especially growing up in America in the nineties um, and, and looking like me, like most heroes didn't look like me. Right. Like, like there weren't really um, Asian starring roles. There weren't really like, mm -hmm. um, you know, Chinese Americans at the forefront um, and whatnot. And so I think for me, it was like, um, you know, like um, being able to see an authentic storytelling um, from uh, just from my background, you know, and, mm -hmm. and from, um, you know, like being seen in things, right? Like just kind of like little things that, that authors or like storytellers have done where I'm just like, I do this, right? And it's just kind of this like niche thing that like either I do or like my family does and like, you know, none of my other friends do, right? And so like, like washing your rice, right? Like I have this like really quick scene where like my character washes her rice and I'm just like, you know what? We've all been there, so yeah. So, um. Now, like, I, I wanted to go back to, to what you said previously about your experience with games and your first approach with games. You mentioned languages here and there. And I wanted to, to understand um, what it was like and what's your take on video game localization, having been born and raised uh, within a bilingual household uh, in the States uh, where you spoke English and Cantonese, right? Yeah, um, so I, uh, I grew up quite poor. Uh, so, you know, I'm the only child of a single mom. Uh, so it's kind of rare for me to be able to play um, games when I was growing up. Um, you know, like I had mentioned, like my first uh, system was one of those, you know, gray brick Game Boys that I got, you know, as a gift. Um, so I didn't, I unfortunately just didn't experience uh, a game in really more than one language growing up just because like, what I had available um, primarily were, uh, were were in English. Um, mm -hmm. I've also just never played a game that had Cantonese dialogue, uh, though it would be really cool. Like I've heard that, like one of my one of my boss had mentioned that there was like a, a fighting game that where like the Asian guy basically just cusses in Cantonese, <laughs> and I don't I can't remember what it was. I think it was King of Fighters, but I, uh, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, um, but you know, when whenever you hear a Chinese dialect in any media, there's a high chance that it's Mandarin. Um, so I'm really delighted mm -hmm. whenever yes. I hear Cantonese spoken. Um, but before I learned Cantonese, I actually spoke Shanghainese, and I never hear that. Like I never hear that language re represented anywhere. Um, and I actually mm. like I didn't actually learn English until like primary school. I didn't start talking like an American until I was like nine or ten. Um, so, oh, wow. um, 
Yeah. So I, and you know, cause I learned English from like non-English speakers at first. Right. So like, I, I remember all of the times in the classroom when I was just like, you know, I would mis, uh, mispronounce something because that was just how I was taught to pronounce it. Right. Um, so um, yeah. So like, you know, like I, I think it would be really cool to be able to see more uh, Cantonese speaking games. Like I'm sure they existed. I just don't know if like, we got them in America. Um, and, you know, like, I'm sure like Hong Kong probably has some, but I, I think Hong Kong is probably an inundated now with like Mandarin speaking um, games as well. So it just, it'd be nice, right? Cause um, you know, not, uh, not as many people speak Cantonese anymore. Um, and even fewer people speak Shanghainese, uh, unfortunately. Um, I do play Genshin Impact with Mandarin audio right now um, and English subtitles. I am I'm actually learning a lot more Mandarin because of this. Um, and but then there's times when I argue with the subtitles, like if it's sometimes it's not accurate, and I just be like, why did you, why 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 was this why was what why you know? Um, but like the way that the characters behave is like it makes me super happy because I recognize some of the nuances from like mm -hmm. daily life growing up as an immigrant child in America. So. Well, well, it's great that you at least have that opportunity. The same happens to us, like we're language nerds and we try to play games in both languages to see how they tackle or solve uh, a pun or a character's name or something. Sometimes the result is not as great as we would right. like or we would expect, but at least like the the industry is evolving and mm -hmm. the, the the content that is being localized is uh, the quality is improving for sure well mm -hmm. at least that's what i i'm seeing yeah it's a work in progress mm -hmm. i mean for sure we that we live in latin america um, it's something quite interesting because sometimes things have to be localized in a sort of one thing fits many different countries, you know? Mm -hmm. You kind of addressed yeah. it, but I want to uh, go a little bit more in depth um, about what are your thoughts on diversity and inclusion in video games? Like, do you feel that there is a broader and more respectful representation of different cultures in video games nowadays? Is it evolving? What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think that we really need to remember equity in this list because it's not just enough to represent like, like, especially here in the US, like there's historically been so much tokenism and stereotyping when it comes to marginalized people. Uh, so it has a major effect on the development of young people in all communities, um, right? So like, like those in the majority culture might believe that they're always the heroes, uh, while, you know, those of us in marginalized communities, marginalized genders and, and, um, and ethnicities, like, we'll see these barriers that we're not allowed to cross, right? Like there's, you know, um, I would hear stories from like other Asian Americans who grew up even like, you know, before I did um, in their youth and they're stuck with like these like really horrific stereotypes of Asian Americans on um, from media, right? And so the only, um, the only thing that was available to them was like being the nerd, um, mm -hmm. you know, but I find that like when you pass the microphone to Mar or when you, sh when you share it, pass the microphone to marginalized people, you get to hear stories that you don't normally hear from the majority culture. And I think when you combine these different perspectives, you get kind of like a fuller view of like, um, kind of the story of humanity and the world, um, you know? And I think there is beginning to be more people who are pushing for this kind of equity. And like, I think a lot of it is just that like, 
we're starting to empower ourselves to get into these spaces so that we can affect change from the back, right? Um, but equity needs to be built from the ground up, like not just inserted to score points, right? Because you can't write a character from the majority culture and then flip it and make it a marginalized person partway through without having to make like major adjustments based on that person's culture. Because right. that person's culture would have shaped them very differently from somebody who grew up in majority culture. And so oh, it can't absolutely. be an, as yeah, it can't be an afterthought, right? So, um, uh, and a marginalized person would make decisions very differently in the exact same situation. Uh, like, you know, you throw an Asian person in a story, it doesn't mean anything if they don't behave like an Asian person, right? Um, uh, and then like, and then you kind of have to break it down from that. Like, cause like, you know, all of us Asians aren't monoliths, right? So like, we all will make def- uh, decisions very differently based on, you know, the values that were instilled in us um, growing up. And so, um, you know, so like you and I would make decisions very differently. You know, our values might be different or just differently prioritized. Um, And so there's a nuance in the way that marginalized people have to navigate these spaces that make decisions without them in the mind, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, So I think there's beginning to be a push for this and largely because like there has to be, right? Like America's becoming more diversified. The world is like, globalization is making the world smaller. And so people will speak up when something is wrong, right? Like um, when things are misrepresented, like, um, you know, there's there have been movies that have, uh, and even recently there have been movies that have been like, you know, really harmful for like Chinese communities or, um, or you know, other other marginalized communities. And people are like, you can't just do that anymore and get away with it, right? Um, because no, people are- acceptable. Right. People are speaking with their wallets. People are speaking um, on their um, social yes. media platforms. And, you know, uh, so, you know, and it's like there's that argument that like people are becoming soft and like can't take a joke. But it's like really what's happening is that like they're finding their voices and finding that like, you know, they're able to say, no, this is not OK and this is not acceptable and we can do better you know, we can love people better by representing them better um, and giving them the equity of standing on the same platform as us at the same level, like, you know, like raising them up um, because they deserve to be heard as well. Like their stories are important. And the thing is that you won't hear some of these stories if you don't let them tell it, right? Because like, you right. know, you guys don't know what it's like to be um, for like second generation, you know, born in America, right? Like, um, you know, I feel the gap a lot more. Um, I feel like when it because like my mom came from from overseas, um, and mm-hmm. I was born here, and so I constantly fought the tension of like going to school in the American school system, coming home to a very Chinese culture, you know. And so, and and there's always this kind of this like push and pull, you know. And you don't hear these stories if you don't let an Asian American tell it, right? Because um, like majority culture won't experience this, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so I think, I think it's like, you know, so we, we need to remember equity in the, um, in, the, in the equation and especially like we need to um, fight for the equity uh, of the people and, and their right to tell their own stories. Oh yeah, absolutely agree. And there's only so much one person can can tell, you know, or one character. You need to diversify. To need you need to bring more voices uh, through the to the process so that we can build those stories and make them richer and um, 
more representative, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like well, before we, we move to, to the meme section, I wanted to know because you gave uh, great advice on people to start knocking on doors and to get their foot on the door and understand how they can uh, build a career in the industry. Is there any advice, any other advice that you would give to someone that is just starting in this industry? Yeah, uh, so right off the bat, I would say don't discount yourself just because you didn't study a major that directly re relates to gaming. Like, as you can see, my route could not <laughs> be considered traditional whatsoever, right? And my work experience isn't really hasn't been related to gaming, um, you know, and then there's also different areas in the gaming industry where you can use your skills, talents, and passions. So like growing and sharpening those skills can only help you, um, right? So like if you don't have the mind for like, um, you know, computers, but you're really good at marketing, like guess what? Game industries need marketing, you know, um, and these kind of things, right? And, and additionally, like, I would say don't disqualify yourself from position before you even try for it. Because um, I've, I've had friends who would say, you know, well, I don't have experience in this area or industry, so they won't take me. And that's just a self-fulfilling prophecy, because of course, they won't hire you if they don't even know who you are, right? So, exactly. um, but yeah, like, you know, more than anything, I think the most important thing um, is kind of what I had mentioned previously, like, you need to go out and meet people, um, you know, and there's mm -hmm. that cliche that's you know it's not necessarily what you know but who you know and like tifa said this in final fantasy 7 remake right and this is an absolutely true statement in real life um you know and so something that they taught us in my leadership class was to do informational interviews and that's basically exactly what i had mentioned um that i was doing so mm -hmm. you find people in positions that you're interested in um or in industries you're interested in and you ask for some time to chat and ask that ask that person some questions to learn about the industry or, or the different jobs available um ask them for advice right um so it's kind of just like hey you know um i've got like this um this experience these are kind of my skills like i'd really like to know how i can leverage this to you know get into the industry um or to get into like this kind of uh position you know um so and and a lot of times like you know you might get a few people who will just you know ignore your request but then you you know you'll every so often you get the person that'll be like yeah let's connect you know um and really uh you can you can look up how to do these um there's a lot of resources out there uh you can also reach out to me on linkedin um if you want any pointers uh, it's a really, really good way to learn about a job or industry without having to sign any contracts or commit to them or like become, you know, like become an employee and suddenly realize you hate this, right? So, um, so it's 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 just a really good way um, to um, to go in and just kind of like be able to learn a little bit more. And then like it, you know, people start knowing your face and whatnot. People start knowing who you are. And then you need to take care of these people that you start reaching out mm -hmm. to, right? Like, you know, um, send them a holiday greeting, you know, um, and, and cultivate that, right? Like you're not using these people. Like, I just want to make sure that's clear. Like you're not using people for their knowledge or for, um, you know, trying to get a job, right? Like you're, you actually are trying to to learn from them. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, also, you know, maybe you can help them in some other way, right? Like it's, it's not just a one way relationship. Like that's not how relationships work. Right. So, right. um, yeah. So I would say, don't yeah. be shy, you know, go out there and, you know, like I, like I'm an introvert. Right. And I'm, I'm also like a really shy introvert. Right. So I, whenever, when I was doing this, I was like, okay, psych myself up. Right. And I was just like, 
all right, I'm going to talk to, or I'm going to send out like <laughs> three requests this week, you know, and like by the time I send out my third one, I'm just like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to hibernate until next week. Because that was a lot of social energy. So, <laughs> so that was, you know, like, and, and so the thing is like, I, I think people are surprised when they hear that I'm an introvert, but I kind of learned how to fake it because I worked at Disneyland. Right. So you can't really not talk to people. So, um, yeah, you know, and so I, I yeah, so I think so I kind much. of like take that and and you know just kind of mm-hmm. set small goals. Also, like don't go out and try to meet twenty people in one setting. Like if you can do that, you're a mutant, and I respect you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you know, start with one to three. You know. Yeah, like setting uh, goals is very important. I think like um, reasonable goals within your your boundaries within your needs, within the time and energy that you can dedicate, because sometimes you may be studying or maybe right. you're been jobs, life happens, you know? Yeah. And um, also something that has helped me a lot in that way is to get in touch with local associations, like mm-hmm. even women in localization, women in games, or even IDDA, or, well, now uh, it looks like next year conference and in-person conferences are going to be back on the menu. <laughs> Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it's insane. But right. uh, those are great opportunities to like meet the right people and understand what you need to do, where you need to study, or what networks you need to explore to get where you need to, or where you want to go. So yeah, that's great advice. Well, thank you so much, Mickey. Yeah. I think like that's the last question for today, um, but this is not the end of our episode. We still have the main round. Let me share my screen. We are, we are adults and we talk about video games, work, and we watch memes you know that's that's <laughs> what adulthood really is these days you know you just get to enjoy what you can do before. uh yeah watch memes and eat dessert whenever you want to that's adulthood <laughs> yes yes it is <laughs> what did you have for dinner ice cream and you know <laughs> no one can stop you at that no point one can which stop is you. both a good and bad thing so talk about projects before release and after release. <laughs> There's been two <laughs> years of you telling me you can't talk about work. I'm going to start thinking you don't, you just don't want to share anything with me. Sorry. And after release, yeah. Now, just this is can't this, stop talking. Now, this is me and me on DMs. It's true. Like, <laughs> this is me and me on DMs. <laughs> Yeah, I think especially like with me being at a, like a brand new company with a brand new project, like I can say nothing, <laughs> right? And so like- I know, nothing. I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Yeah, nothing. so like this would be like, can you tell me anything? I'm like, no, I can't. Like I, I no. you know, no. I'm pretty sure if I tell you anything, someone will be knocking at my door at midnight and then you won't see me <laughs> ever <midnight>. again. Yeah. <laughs> at midnight. <laughs> yeah. No, please the- don't. We don't want to get you in that position. So the no. creators, <laughs> Mickey yet. doesn't share anything about your game. Oh, I no, no. All I, want the, all, I, all I know is that I want to play it when it gets released. That's yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And all I know is that we need to have you again probably once uh, the game is released for yeah, to go that's over a given. all the details. That would be amazing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I know how it feels. Like, my partner is also in the video game industry, and we 
cannot share much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they're funny. Yes, they are. Okay. All right. So, well, English doesn't borrow from other languages. English follows other languages down dark alleys, <laughs> knocks them over, and goes through their pockets for loose grammar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is true funny because it's true. Yes. Yep. Yeah. English doesn't make sense really kind of at all. <laughs> um, and trying to teach someone English is very difficult. And also, like, you know, growing up and kind of just like having to learn English, like, as I don't know. It was like it was my third language by that point, right? Uh, so I was like, <laughs> yeah, and you were so done by the time you picked up English. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, nope. And you know, it's just like, why? You know, you like all of these words look like each other, but they don't sound like each other. What is this madness? <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah. The, and yeah, the thing yeah. that I, I I usually throw at people is like, like the the plural for goose is geese. But the plural right. for mongoose is mongooses. <laughs> Why? That Why? doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Logic. Why? Would And the plural for moose is moose. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. English. Hashtag English. We need the mooses. That's up really fast. My entire body. My entire body. Yes. Yeah, especially when you're over 30. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I feel it. I've been feeling it for a while. It's, I don't know. Everybody keeps telling me that I'm too young to be having like lower back problems and whatnot. And I just, I don't know if I believe them or if <laughs> I'm just a mutant. Like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, something is going on. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I think especially like the last, year working from home it's just gotten really easy to like mm -hmm. be a potato in your seat so, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> well me in particular i've spent like three quarters of my life just hunched back with a joystick on my hands so uh, my back hurts ever since I was. yeah like that's just like your <laughs> yep. default <mode>. yep. <laughs> <laughs> mr burns mr burns like <laughs> excellent <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes this just happens right oh, like, yeah. <laughs> so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like go through like all of my moving craziness this last year so i just moved into this place right and like there was this construction and every single time the strangest thing that can happen happened happened <laughs> so hence this meme <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, a big like you have to be ready for it because yeah. it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So like, I'll, I'll give you one. So I ordered tile um, and, and I got it shipped to the store and somebody yeah. stole 12 like packs of tile. What? Like, who does that? How does this happen? So that was one of the many strange things that happened during my move. Great. That yeah. was here in 2020? This was beginning of 2021. Okay. Well, this last two years have been weird, so I'm not surprised yeah. Yeah. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's life. <laughs> mm. 
Okay, so this I one is... many people. I know many people. Okay, I need you to walk us yeah. through this one. Yeah, yeah. So this one is uh, not quite a meme, but I just thought it was funny. So tonal languages are uh -huh. unmerciful, right? So, um, so, uh, so I eat many people is sick hodoyan. So that's like, you know. But then if you just change the the tone for for the second word, sick hodoyan. I know very, I know many people, right? So. Oh okay. <laughs> it's so oh. easy to mess up. Like yeah. I would be eating many people a lot. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know which one is. The yeah, one. yeah. There's, uh, sometimes it can be a little bit embarrassing when the tone is wrong. It's very entertaining for me to witness it. I think I would be mortified <laughs> if I did it. Right. <laughs> yeah. After the beholder yeah, is fun. As long as someone yeah. else making that mistake, yeah. we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Thanks for, for bringing this one. Yeah. <laughs> oh. This one's cute. So this one's from Genshin Impact. So child, uh, which I actually, I don't really know why the translation was child, because that's a pretty archaic word mm -hmm. um, to say, like, son of nobility, like, um, and, and then so like, uh, like I played in Mandarin, right? And so like he introduces himself as Gongzi, which is kind of like young master, but also like son of nobility, right? right. Um, so, but yeah, uh, but it, it makes me giggle because during his story quest, somebody calls him master child. And I can't stop laughing because he literally <laughs> called him master young master. master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's really good with kids and it's really kind of cute to see him, you know, child with the children. Child with the children. But yeah, it's it just like, it kind of messes me up a little bit. Like when, uh, like, I don't know. I just, I just find like, you don't see the word child very much. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. True. Cause even in like, uh, yeah. In, in a lot of like Chinese dramas, like most of the time they'll opt for a young master. Um, uh -huh. Not always. Uh, sometimes you'll see child, but like usually like it's, it's just not as familiar a word. Right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the children. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I believe that's the last one. That's the last one, yeah. Well, all right. Well, that was the end of our episode. Thank you so much, Mickey, for joining us today. Yeah, it was an you, absolute Mickey. pleasure to have Thanks you and to learn more about your story, about your journey, and those incredible memes. Like, I had so much fun. <laughs> thank you so much my friend i love your t-shirt by the way thank you yeah. i love this t-shirt too really, really <laughs> cool. it's like well busy, thanks man. everyone for tuning in uh thank you miki again uh hope everyone's staying safe uh take care see you in our next episode right. thank Bye. you guys see you